0: uh red light pop up there it is you know what that means that means we are live what is up everybody we're back at it again welcome on this sunday afternoon and let me tell you something it's an honor to have my man peter sf here with us today what is going on man
1: oh just hanging out talking with you about sidecars sounds like fun
0: oh yeah listen it's gonna be a proper willy time i can't wait to get into it so listen let's just get into it what uh I want to go from the very beginning peter how did it all start for you
1: i i got a motorcycle when i was in high school and uh prior to that i did uh paper routes out in california so i liked like to be on two wheels and i used it for transportation uh going back and forth to work for a few years after school and of course that meant that i'd go to the racetrack up sears point laguna seca they were local get into watching the races. And that's where it all started for me. That's so, yeah. Right. I, I bought my first bike in 72 and I bought my first sidecar in 77. So
0: that, so what, um, <clears throat> what made you uh want to get into sidecars? You just seen it was like, that's awesome. I want to do it.
1: Well, I used to ride up on the Hill um, above San Mateo. And it's a little south of San Francisco, down to the coast and around Santa Cruz and all that. there's a group of guys that rode, and they all had leathers on. I had a Norton, and uh, and they kind of wouldn't let me ride with them because I was just a squid learning how to ride. So one weekend they weren't there, and I says, where were you guys? He up at Sears Point, racing AFM. I knew nothing about that. It was basically the Nationals I was going to, and that included sidecars. So I kind of started going to that, and a couple of those guys actually rode sidecar. Wayne... Wayne Luigi was one of them. So that's how I got introduced to sidecars.
0: And obviously, have, have you been the driver and the passenger on one of them?
1: Yeah, both. Um, started out as a passenger. Kind of like being a professional spectator.
0: Right. So uh, what's what's it like for everybody listening me me curious peter cuz uh, everybody knows the tt is by far hands down my favorite race of the year right it, it's it's absolutely the most beautiful and brilliant thing you've ever seen and i watch it all side cars and everything and to me the side car people um are the most amazing out there right and and, and it's I, I guess you guys call them the monkeys right on, on the side uh they are uh they're very special, very special human beings, right? And to me, every time I watch it, Peter, I'm sitting there just gripping onto my couch, sweating, right? I'm like, oh my God, this is in it's way more intense to watch than the bikes. Um, for me personally, uh, because it's two people and your tires ain't motorcycle right there or wide, and you got the guy on the side, just explain.
1: Well, um, as sidecars developed over the years, I started when they had narrow tires. So okay. uh then they went into the formula tires. So you used to have a front exit, and when you went into the turns faster, it was too hard to come forward. So they they started going side to side. So the, the bikes you see at the Isle of Man are Formula Two bikes, and they're powered by 600s and they are lightning fast and they have amazing brakes. So the passenger moves side to side behind the driver and behind the chair wheel and brace themselves for under the braking. And it's a pretty amazing opportunity to see a racetrack from that vantage point. You know, not many people get to do it. Driver doesn't even see it the same way. You know,
0: are you guys allowed to take like a GoPro and put it on it as you guys do it? Is that, is that legal
1: at the TT? No, they, they, they're in charge of all the footage, but uh, we do. I don't really run GoPros much on my bike. Cause it takes time to get everything set up and yeah. you're always waiting for the passenger to go, oh, I got to turn this on and you know, click this. And, you know, it's like, dude, we're racing. Right. So I guess if you had a film crew with you, it'd make it a little easier. It could be pretty good. Yeah. Well, we have had fun with what we put on the bike. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's, it's awesome. I, I and the whole sidecar thing to me is just super fascinating. I mean, it's, obviously the handling is completely different, uh, I, I, And so, listen, I'm so curious about it. So tell me what what's it actually like when, like, when you sit in the cockpit, we see it on TV, right? But is it like you're in there? There's not a lot of body movement or you can move your body a lot or?
1: The older bikes allowed you to, as a driver even, to lean, you know, and get off the bike a little bit. But the newer ones, you all fit inside of them. So they're pretty well. You actually almost brace your shoulders and kind of get your arms so they don't, you know, wobble around. But um, the, you're on your knees. Your knees are four inches off the ground, and you're leaning forward, so you're in a really comfortable – it's really, really a comfortable position. You're right down on the bike. And the Formula One bike's the motors behind you, so there's even more room to tuck into the fairing you know, and get down. And the vision that you see from a sidecar is like nothing else. I mean, maybe a go-kart, but you're still pretty far back. So the sidecar, your face – is right above the front wheel virtually, you know. it's pretty crazy, yeah, and you can get close to people, you could see everything so good, and they, you get used to people who you're running with, so it's good to run close and have fun, and sometimes when you're learning, and there's people around you that are a little bit more like squids, you give them a little extra space, because you get sideways, you don't fall down, Yeah. right, so you'll see someone, you could see what they're doing, their traction, they're losing traction, So you just give them a little bit extra space, but it's really fun to run in close quarters. And with Arma, we race all the years of sidecars in one race. So we share the track with vintage. And after the third lap, you're lapping people. And, you know, they may be in a battle. They're going as hard as they can go. So, but a sidecar takes up a lot more space than a motorcycle. So two sidecars take up a real lot of space so even a front straightaway is kind of sketchy sometimes but it's fun it's our races are short um we get two races on a weekend so it's really nice and get a couple good practices in the morning so we don't tear up our tires too much um it's one of those kind of sports that you could you could just do for a long long time if you're really careful and i've been very lucky to be able to race since 1977 till now and the tracks i've hit since i'm 60 years old i've been to 20 21 tracks that i was never at prior to that so it's pretty cool
0: that uh, amazing i mean that's i I couldn't imagine like i said uh peter every time i watch it i try to visualize as everybody does i don't care what they say when they're watching the tt or their favorite race series right there comes mm-hmm. a point where you vision, like, wonder what it's like, like me sitting on the bike or the car or yeah. in the back, right? And trying to mimic their movements on the couch, all just serious and focused into it. It's, uh, to me,
1: well, let me see how this works. I was a big David Letterman fan, so this is at Laguna Seca. Nice. Let me see, you put it over here, right? Yep, Putting, getting our tires changed by the same people that changed Kenny Roberts' tires, Good years. Nice. <laughs> and nice. uh to be able to have done that so another thing that let me see if i can get this right so you could all see this there oh, what that's my car, first sidecar.
0: hold it up and a little bit
1: yep there you go is that good yep and that's what gary Guype driving this 1977 and down at riverside california and then uh yeah so i figure if i show you just that so i could explain to you you know there's different uh there we go okay I think that's good there's uh front exit with 16 inch spoked rims on front and rear and a little mini Cooper tire this one here shows that mini Cooper tire a little better right there yeah yeah so uh no brake on the chair on this bike but then you get to the point where you say, okay, let's go a little faster and every, you know, everyone else had better equipment. We bought something at 2,500 bucks. So this is getting back to the beginning of it for me. Right? So I got to the point, even that year, it's just three races. We knew we wanted to go faster. So we did some modifications. We put the good years on it. We were running a KZ 1000, nothing special, but very reliable motor. And so over the winter, we see here. I'll get the best picture I got. We turned it into this.
0: Hold it up a little bit. Yeah,
1: there you go. go. Is that okay?
0: Yes, that thing is beautiful.
1: Yeah, so we we enclosed the front part that comes in front of the chair wheel there. Yeah, see. And I stayed behind the chair. And I had this little platform out here that I went on to that was actually legal back in the day, but they don't allow it anymore, so we had to take that off. (laughs) but you know, so (laughs) at that point though, when you, when you get good, Gary's amazing. I could just do my job. And the point about teamwork is if you don't have a good passenger, you're not going to win a race. I mean, you can get through if someone can hang on just from pure sheer strength, but it really is. They, they drive the bike a lot, especially the bikes now that control a lot. I had a passenger come over for England for the last race of Barber, and he's kicking the rear wheel around to get me going the right direction. I said, hey, dude, you don't have to do that, you know? I like to keep it a little bit more solid, but they slide over there. They just go crazy. So if the passenger can make it turn that last 15 degrees, he's on the gas, especially going up the hill at, say, Oliver's Mount, right? That's what they do. They The passenger kicks the bike around, right? So um, I'm not to that level. And it, it was actually really fun. We set a lap record, Jake and me. It was pretty good. But getting from that point where I was comfortable on the front exit, all of a sudden you had, didn't have to go forward anymore. So it was actually an easier transition. And once you're in your position, you have to look back. You can look around. You could see the spectators. You know, some turns are long. You could just sit out there and really enjoy what's going on around you because you could feel the bike and you could feel what it's doing. So, as I say, I was very lucky to get into the sport as an interested spectator, and I kind of consider myself still as a spectator. People do a lot of funny things around me. I get to watch it; it's really amazing. I go sidecar
0: racing—that's <laughs> uh, great. So, uh, what was it like? When did you get the idea? Be like, hey, I want to go race the uh, the TT. How did that come um, about?
1: Yeah, that, that was really a funny thing because the year I started with Gary at the Nationals, at the AMA, was a pretty tragic year at the Isle of Man, 1978. And we had a shop in San Carlos, California, right across the street was a smoke shop. So we'd wait and run over there on Wednesday and get Motorcycle Weekly, which was had all the information about everything. And back then, I was a road racer before I started side, sidecar racing. I'm, you know, I was up in the mountains. So it always kind of felt like it'd be something I'd want to do, but just because of how many people died there, you know, you you kind of think about things. That's crazy. You know, (laughs) I'm never going to do that. Right. And so I did not plan on doing that ever. But uh, when I moved back East and raced back there for a while, there's a Canadian team that was going and they told me they were going to go. And I says, you just, I don't know, you know, and they didn't qualify. And, and the, The passenger is a good friend of mine. He called me up. He says, Chris is going to quit. He's going to sell the bike. It's over in England, you know? And he says, I'll buy the half of it if you drive it for me. And I go, oh, my gosh, I don't know. So I said, I'll call you back. And we were stacking firewood in New Hampshire, right? And it was like, I'm having beer. I'm thinking about this. And so I call him back. I says, yeah, I'm on, right? So that's how that happened. Just a chance to do an opportunity. Um, I told him I'd do it right. You know, we were our rivals, basically. We raced, you know, boom, 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 all the races that we did, we raced against each other back east in the SRA. So I knew that how important it was for him to go to the TT and he just wanted to finish. And he'd already put two years of homework into it, you know. So, and actually, the year he raced, 2015, it was a terrible year at the TT. It was like hurricanes blew through the whole paddock and they had very little practice time. So it made it very difficult for Chris and Jeff to to qualify. So I went over and I did uh, four trips in rental cars for an extended period of time, three three to five days each trip and just lap, 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 just drove laps till I felt comfortable that we could go out and do it. And we came home, that was the important thing.
0: So uh, I, obviously, I'm a huge TT fan, man. So I need to know more than just that, Peter. Like what, like actually riding the actual TT course. What's your favorite section of, of the TT?
1: Um, the whole track is amazing. Every every part of it has its own little, you know, challenges and stuff. And and something you'll I'll, I never mastered it. You know, I got around it. Hundred miles an hour lap. Just I did ninety nine point seven. I missed it by that much, man. Okay. Okay. That's yeah, but on the race week that you're there for the two weeks, 21 laps is what I got. So that was the total lapse during those two weeks. And uh, I probably did 150 in the rental car to figure out which way the track went. And all through the Glen Helen, I felt the most comfortable because it was like going into Laurel Banks and up through Glen Helen and up to the top of the hill to the Cronk. And that felt like kind of where I used to ride in California, a little bit, you know, canyon kind of feel to it. Over the top of the mountain was amazing because it's just wide open and um, you're really flying there. So you got to be real careful because there's curbs and you could just drift out to those curbs. It's pretty sketchy. So I tried to maintain the best I could. Only scared myself once up there that was it.
0: So when you're lined up, and, and the guy, you know, obviously has his hand, the, the legendary uh you, you go over under the the
1: you know what I'm talking about, the you roll uh, up the, there, yep. the, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Talk
0: are. us through that.
1: Well, the funniest thing is that we're I was number sixty three. There's every 10 seconds there's a bike takes off, and then we qualified at 43, so we move or 41, so we moved up to the 41 starting spot because they put you so you shouldn't catch the guy in front of you and the guy behind you shouldn't catch you that's the theory behind how you start and um, so you're just kind of anticipating the bike's not really running because you don't want it to be hot when you you gotta wait so like when the line starts moving forward then you start it up and the people push you forward and then you get your little last guy that talks to you and then you're in your space and it's the weirdest feeling like the first time I went down that, it's similar. You go up and they tap you, right? But it's not pressure. There's no race, right? The first time you go down there, you just kind of go, I didn't even drive anywhere to warm up to see if the brakes are working, anything. And you're going down a hill at 150 miles an hour. It's pretty crazy. So it's something that you'd probably never really fully get used to is just going from nothing, no warm-up lap, no anything to just start flat out when you start that first race. It's pretty cool. That,
0: yeah. yeah I, I, and then I imagine the lap coming around one, one full lap and now, you know, you're not at the start. Now you're wide open going through Bray Hill and it's. uh
1: Yeah, yeah you get up to pretty good speed from the starting line to Bray Hill. You yeah. know, we were at a disadvantage. Our top speed uh there, we were there in 2016, was 129 miles an hour, 127. And that's on Solby straight, you know, and like everybody else is doing yeah. 150 now there. So uh it was kind of tough to make a really good lap time when we weren't up to snuff on RPMs and speed but it was a great opportunity I I would have loved to have gone back but it's just so expensive and it's very difficult everything you have to put together so but what, anyways
0: what was your uh, favorite food there
1: Food I don't know I don't remember even what I ate Oh um, at the TT just yeah well <laughs>
0: yeah just go out and eat right yeah
1: yeah when i was over there the first time was a lot earlier than that um when i went over to race the grand prix in 1991 we'd go order fish and chips and they just slap it right on a on a newspaper you know <laughs> and that was your that's what they served it to you on as a piece of newspaper it's pretty cool they got good fish and chips and the the um that what the morning breakfast thing's called
0: oh uh the English breakfast or uh, yeah, yeah. the bun ones. Oh,
1: those are pretty good. Yeah. I forget. I forget what they call them.
0: So tell us about racing in the grand prix.
1: Well, after, um, after we stopped racing with the AMA, which was in 86 was last year. They had a title for the sidecars. Uh, it was just club racing and then kind of to race sidecars. You spend a lot of money and time and it takes two people to do it. So if you, uh, if you kind of don't have a reason to go to the nationals, you know, why spend all this money to go club racing? And and there was a lot of club racing, but some people didn't go. So we watched the grids dwindle. And then I decided, well, I'll go see what it's like. So I flew over with Dennis in 89, went to Hockenheim and Salzburg ring, and tried to make arrangements to get sponsored a sidecar. Race over there. So, like, here we are, the American champions. Let's let me have your sidecar, right? And uh, and it it almost worked. You know, it came pretty close. <laughs> but, <laughs> but what ended up happening is the guy backed out and says, "Why don't you just send your passenger over?" Well, that's really nice. Thanks. You, you want Dennis, but not me, right? So I yeah, told Dennis. Yeah. He says, "No, I ain't going." I says, "Well, I'll go. I could do it. I mean, I'm not that old yet." So I went and I passengered, and I went into spa. So I did the whole second half of 91 or 1990, the Grand Prix. So, of course, the guys that were over there was Kenny and Eddie and Wayne and Randy it was before Kasinski You know, I mean, it was like right yeah. that year when Kasinski was there next year. He might have been there that year, too. But it was amazing to just show up with all my gear and kind of hitchhike. I just got I rode with three different drivers and uh, got to do half of the season, half the Grand Prix season, drive around in trucks. And, yeah, it was it was pretty amazing.
0: I bet. So, yeah. I, so any what's your best story from doing that season?
1: Oh, my There's Well, that, that was the lead-up to uh, me being able to race the next year with the three-time world champion Egbert Stroyer. But that season, it was probably – I didn't really have anything arranged and the driver that I went over for, he was Austrian and the first practices at spa, he came in and he's blah, 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 blah. I only speak fairly even English, right? And he's telling his <laughs> son, Mario, and Mario's looking at me and going, oh, geez. I said, what's he say? He says, uh, you don't want to know. And I said, well, come on. Tell, what's <laughs> up? He said, you're the worst passenger he's ever had and he quit. That was it oh shit. That was it. So there was my the rest of the season. We're going home. We're packing up and leaving. I said, oh, that's really good. right? So, so I, uh, I made some arrangements to get to the next race was going to be at uh, Le Mans. And so I needed to go to England and to Scotland. So I got a ride over to Newcastle in England with one of the other sidecar teams, Tony Baker, really great guy. And uh, he dumped me off there. And then I made my way back. I flew from Heathrow into Le Mans. There was a week off, so I traveled around over there and then had a return trip back to Donington for the next race. So I bought a round-trip ticket that way and worked out really good. And I was just living on my credit card and my suitcase, right? So uh, so basically, I get to Le Mans, and I'm sleeping outside, and I woke up, and I had just mosquito bites all over. I had a sleeping bag, you know, and Billy Galrose, he looks at me and goes, what the hell happened to you? I don't know, it's mosquitoes just put your shit in the truck so you sleep in the truck from now on that was probably the funniest thing that happened to me that was pretty funny and it opened yeah. up a really yeah, great hit. friendship too yeah that's <laughs> so,
0: that's awesome so spa man uh they don't do do they race there man that's an old i ain't heard that name in a while oh
1: yeah they still race there and, and it's uh <clears> it's a place when you have your pass if you're Grand Prix racer right your pass you can go where the photographers go
0: oh nice you can go out.
1: you can go out and stand where the turn workers are really so you could watch the lines you want to see they've that was 1990 <laughs> right so I I got my stupid camera and I'm out there and I'm taking pictures of Eddie and Kevin Schwartz you know coming around they know I'm there they know me from racing in the nationals here and he <laughs> goes what are you doing here and I go what do you mean what do you think I'm doing I'm racing sidecars, dude." So I'm hanging over taking pictures of them with my crappy little camera. That was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, and I knew,
1: be- yeah, I knew it was a chance of a lifetime to be there. So I was gonna suck up every minute of it that I could. And they're looking at me, at the sidecar pits. Where are you going? Well, I'm gonna go down and watch the start of the 500s. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna go over there and watch practice over there. That's where I'm going.
0: That would have been me. Yeah, I, I You guys need me? I'll be over here for sure. Yeah, it's a, uh, dude. What, what's sto- Look, listen, you've lived, uh, your racing has been all over the place and it's, it's, uh, proper mega. It's, it's so awesome, your stories. This is from, uh, Dow Brinkley. What is up? He says, My guys, what's up, Chris and Peter?
1: We're just having a good time on a Sunday.
0: That's it. <laughs> just chilling on a Sunday, having a good chat. And then my man, Ben Lee, what is up? He says, Good afternoon, Chris and Peter. Can't wait to see you guys on track. Yeah, that's something uh Peter he he told me so when I go to Jersey I, I can't wait. So what do I need? Do I need to bring me a helmet and all that or what?
1: How much you weigh?
0: How much do I weigh? Yeah. Uh like 199 <laughs> pounds.
1: Oh, you better bring your own leathers. Okay. Yeah, because passengers are usually smaller than that. Uh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. thanks, Peter. <laughs> I have a famous sign, you know, and it's made out of cardboard. It's actually in the back of the car. And when I moved down to Florida, uh, there was no sidecars down here. You know, I mean, I was like, I never thought I'd live in Florida anyways, but I I ended up down here in Florida. So they they have to have sidecar racing. And I knew Charlie and Seth, Seth Starns, you know, of course him and uh, Charlie Mavros. So. I started hanging out with them at the ASRA races. That's another thing I want to announce too. We're going to have some races with ASRA this year, which are going to be amazing. So that's nice. that's a, a new thing for us. Um, our series, I was telling you, we race all the series of sidecars. It's ARMA, American Historic Racing Motorcycle Association, and they're historic racing bikes, but they're we're lucky that they give the modern sidecars a place to race. So without having that class, we've put our series together When the SRA. We have to keep going after AMA, right, with 86. What are we going to do? Well, we'll build a schedule with whichever club will have us or host us for that weekend. We'll put these races together with this group and these races together with that group, and we'll call it a national championship. So we're able to keep a kind of a lower... Not as big as AMA, but you know, at least we had a national series going each year for a while, which was really good. Then we uh we we had the opportunity to race with the uh at Sears Point with NASCAR. So we did that was a, one of the biggest races. And in 1980, I organized a race at the Long Beach Grand Prix that was with Formula One. Got a picture of that here too.
0: Yeah, let me see That's that. Pretty- Formula One. I yeah. always wanted to go to a Formula One race live.
1: Yeah, they're amazing. Oh, yeah. anyways, let me show you a couple pictures of that bike when it was finished.
0: Bro, look at that. Is that you hanging off or you riding? hanging out
1: there, baby. 19- Bro, look at that. Yeah, poking off.
0: Listen, poking listen. On. I got one question, Peter. Just one yeah. quick, real quick. Where do you have them big balls you got?
1: <laughs> this is uh, loud in New Hampshire. So that's, uh, and Mary, uh, She's really a great lady, Mary <laughs> Groth. She was a photographer, and, and she just passed away. And there's actually a her thing on the back here. Oh
0: yeah, I see. If
1: you go to Barber to the museum, and you go underneath the Bank Daytona display that they have, when you go upstairs and you go to the left, they have a really nice collection of her photography, which is amazing. And there's a silly picture of me up there. But he, she's got every – I mean, she's got so many from the Laconia Classic. And that was from Pocono, so that was pretty cool. I don't know where that other one is, so let me see here. That's that. Dude,
0: so Ooh. when you're hanging off that thing, and um, is your ass scraping the ground sometimes?
1: Absolutely.
0: Dude, that's nuts, man. I mean, that's – so obviously uh, the, the sidecar, the passenger's leathers are made specifically for – Obviously, that right. So, what's different about their leathers compared to everybody else's?
1: Like this one here, on the bottom of Kenny's leathers, there he's got a a pocket. I see, and you could slide a piece of Teflon into it. We didn't use that. That was nineteen eighty. We didn't use that anymore. It's kind of like the knee pucks. They put them on the side now, so they'll put the Velcro on the side, and you could put a puck out there. But they're a little thick. You don't want it's actually rather you'd rather feel where your butt is. Because sometimes the chair comes up and it's better to let it come up and stay low. You know, if if you've got a good driver and you know he's not gonna slam it back down, going through the turns, you'd like to see it come up. And sometimes the passenger has to make it come up because if he cuts the turn, you don't wanna hit the berm. So the passenger will actually just rise up a little and the driver will know, okay, perfect. He's doing the right thing and still be able to power it through the turn hard. Yeah, it's pretty cool.
0: That's so uh, I I got so many questions going through my head right now. I'm trying to. Uh, I know. And I'm hard,
1: hard to keep track of. Sorry. About
0: dude. That. No, dude, Peter, yeah. this is awesome. I love it, man. I, I, It's absolutely amazing. It's, and I told you before, it's an honor to, to sit here and have this chat. And honestly, you know, we've got so much to talk about. I'd love to do a part two. Right. So yeah, for sure. So,
1: uh so let me let me finish talking about what i was just saying okay yeah our season yeah so we've raced with arma forever and they've been really great to us and the asra is now the american Superbike racing association arma gave us a chance in 2022 to race at daytona for the first time i've been racing with ama since 78 and the first race they're all at daytona and oh no sidecars. I mean, what do you mean, no sidecars? Oh, they they can't run on the banking. So they all said this and that. They just made up excuses. And they kind of didn't want sidecars around, anyways, because they just take up some money that they could get for their motorcycles, right? Right. Advertising, whatever. We didn't ever get any money, really, as it was. We were just big hearts into the racing. That was why we did it. But so now we have ASRA coming on board and they're going to bring us back to Daytona for Bike Toberfest for next year. And that's why we'll be at Jersey. We're going to have a back-to-back because back-to-back at Jersey is going to be ARMA and then ASRA, which is you go up there. We enjoy the shore, have a lot of fun up there. Yeah, so it's going to be good. And I guess I'll get to race at Pitt Race, which is a track I've never been to. That'll make it 22 tracks since I've been 60. And I think one other one, Nelson Ledges. I don't know if, if that's Pit or if that's Nelson Ledges. Nelson Ledges is on the schedule too, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So those are track I've never been to before. So, so, boom. Boom.
0: There it is, right? I love it, man. So so uh, people out there, you know, we can go out and sign up for a, a, a motorcycle coaching program, right? But do they right. have anything right. like that for sidecars? Like, how does one get into, say, hey, I want to be a sidecar racer? How does somebody go out there and, and get into something like that?
1: There's the SRA East and the SRA West, and the East Coast has a school, and ARMA has a school. So almost all, the, like Roebling Road's coming up, will be up there in three weeks. Savannah's our opener for this year. They have a Thursday track day for motorcycles and a school. Then Friday, they have time for sidecars side to have uh, a school also. Before you just throw a passenger on there, they didn't have to have a license. You know, they just, they if they had an, a, an ARMA membership, Oh yeah if you need a passenger grab anyone out of the crowd right <laughs> and so, they started thinking hey, this is so smart so they they started having the passengers go to school also so that works good like that and in where europe europe It
0: had always been a
1: license. well yeah you can go to europe and get your license there's schools over there but over here it's not that hard um yeah an arm is great they they put you through the school they give you your license and you're out racing and you usually will start as a passenger you know, you find very few people coming out and buying a bike and going race. And it happens, but most people get introduced by sitting on the side and they know they, oh, this is something I want to do. You know, yeah. and even I've had passengers, my brother, my my uh he didn't want anything to do with it after that. My son, my daughter, my wife, my ex-wife raced with me. And my daughter had so much fun. We were like at a track and she's dad, I'm bored going to the racetrack now. How old are you? 14. Okay. Next year you get your license and you race with me. That solved her being bored. (laughs) I bet. Yeah. So it's a family sport. So, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, actually, we have so Amy, thank you for watching. Amy says, Peter is an amazing human being. Happy to know him.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Amy.
0: (laughs) And then my man, Aaron Dreyer, what is up, Aaron? He says, Peter needs to have Avery pilot.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. We'll work something out. We see that's the thing. You talk about going to the TT. It's possible there can be an American team over there. No problem, but I'm too old. You know, I mean, now you got to be under 40. So you got to start thinking about when you're Avery's age, you can yeah. build yourself up to it and be there. And yeah. it's a, it's really an amazing thing to go do.
0: Oh so yeah. We'll work,
1: on, we'll work on getting some sponsorship together for the team in 2028. We'll be over there.
0: Let's go. Right. Avery, the lap slayer at the TT. That'd be proper.
1: Right. right. Yeah, Absolutely
0: um how does one uh, so during the school uh you got to start out as a passenger right what is it that they teach you starting out as a passenger because obviously nobody's ever done it before right and they that's why they go to the school so what what entails as the training goes for that
1: i think the school started mainly because um they needed ways to make more money revenue. Everything's expensive now. So if you ask me, that's the only reason why they started the schools. Right. I mean, that's different for motorcycles. You want to make sure everyone knows the flag. Well, if you're a passenger, who cares what the flag is? (laughs) The driver has to know that. Right. Right. And they're going to fall off, whether they went to school or not, every passenger is going to fall off sooner or later. You're going to fall off once or twice. Some fall off a lot. You know I mean? I don't know why, but they do. So, uh, one of the things, a rule about being a passenger is you're not in the club until you've fallen off, and then you know, I'm getting back on, I don't really mind this, it's okay. And you don't always flip side cars, but they, that happens too. And usually you just kind of get underneath there and wait for someone to come and roll it back off you like a turtle. So that's okay too, so that's all part of it. But the school that they do up in Canada, they make you go into a parking lot and do figure eights. So you go around one way, and then the passenger has to move from one side to the other, and someone stands there and watches, and usually someone to follow you. Now, at the TT, that's a different story. That's a school, and that's a serious school. You have to go over and do training with a passenger if you're a passenger. And then with the driver, then you go on a newcomer's lap. So the first time I saw the track was behind Tony Baker, who I got to race with in 1990. So I met him in 1990. We raced at... Uh, Bruno Czechoslovakia and a nice. Hungaro ring together. And then so I see him. The next time I see him is 2016 in the paddock. So we're talking 26 years at the TT. So the next time I see him from the first time I met him, right? And he looks at me, and says, Man, have you gone gray? It's <laughs> so <I'm on> a <laughs> ponytail, though, but See, it is gray. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, Tony, Tony took me for my newcomer's lap, which is pretty cool. That you follow him, you know. And he just kind of shows you if you can go in quick. He says, stay with me so you don't get too far behind so you can feel how much braking you're going to need for the turns, things like that. But it's still at about 80 percent, maybe. So that's cool. But, yeah, schools available, all all the ARMA races this year, I think, except for Laguna.
0: Yeah, so it's, so uh, being a passenger, what I was getting at is they teach you body position, where you need to be, when, when the driver does this, does that, right?
1: You learn that before you go on the track. Yeah, that's yeah,
0: what I'm have saying, have in to, the school. You have to yeah.
1: kind of hang around and feel it. And then um, the school mainly, like I say, is classroom etiquette, you yeah. know, flags and this and that. So you go sit through all that stuff. But until you really get on the track, there's no schooling. You're not yeah. gonna learn until you're out there. I, I've and been, then, Go ahead. Yeah, they know right away if they want to do it anymore. Some get off and say, Okay, thanks, that was fine. <laughs> That's enough. I, I, you know, I took John Alrich for laps at serious point. Oh, did you? Absolutely. He uh he wrote an article back in 1980 and it was really nice with the Calguard bike on the cover of the magazine. And Larry and me both took him around there, it was pretty cool.
0: That's awesome. You know, big shout out to Chris, his son, Chris, too. You know, I was a huge fan of, of his son uh racing and obviously, you know, major influence in the sport with M4. So, yeah, the, the whole family's uh proper for sure.
1: Yeah, I've known him forever. And, you know, the way I read the magazine when it comes every month, it's one of the best things. There's cycle world here, right? Or cycle road, road racing world, right? right? So Yeah, I get it. <laughs> And I read Chris's. I start from the back. That's the first page I start on every time that I go backwards from there.
0: The Kid Racer. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah I used to racer, listen. I've been a man. long, long time subscriber to Road Matter of fact, in my basement, I got totes. The big ones. Yeah, I got big ones. Yeah, yeah, big? yeah. I got those. Yeah. I got, listen, I got... uh I got totes and totes of magazines. My wife said, you gonna throw that shit away? I'm like, no, I'm not going to throw that shit away. When I'm dead, you can burn it. You can do whatever you want with it. But while I'm here, absolutely not.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah.
0: And so Dustin Richards, what's going on, bud? He says, oh, yeah, Peter got me into this sport.
1: Yep, he was a natural. You know, and and so at the age that I'm at, I could quit anytime. I've done a lot. I've had a blast. and, And it's just like keeping the sport going for me is important when I finally decide to retire that it's doing good. So it it has its ups and downs and all that. So I meet these guys down here in Florida. Right. And all of a sudden it's just too much fun. You know I mean? We, why would I want to stop racing now? Right. You You don't. They closed Palm beach, which was an hour and 10 minutes from us, you know, But other than that, I mean, it's really great to have a new group of people breathe a little bit more life into the sport. And it's, we had thirty sidecars at uh, Barber, thirty-two. Nice. This year. Yeah. Nice.
0: So uh, after, let's say after after you do decide to hang up the leathers, is there something you'd like to still be involved in the sport, like actually teaching people?
1: Well, I, I do. I mentor a lot. Last year, um, well, Dustin passengered for me for a full year. He raced nice. with Seth on one of my sidecars. I usually bring two at least sidecars to the track, and my old Kawasaki. This
0: one right here. Oh,
1: nice. That's in 1981, that picture from Cycle News. But uh, that bike still wins championship every year when it's out there. I put someone on it, and they run it. So it's still at the track. Last year I it was the only year I probably didn't haul it around. We did Daytona. It won the its race there. And uh, years before that, I had my old passenger driving it, Nick. Nick Bailey and he moved back up to New Hampshire he's gonna come back but it's it's expensive and travels expensive so yeah we can't do it forever
0: no well in our minds we can do yeah. it forever right yeah let's just be yeah. honest in my mind yeah I can do it forever uh so uh, riding at Daytona riding a sidecar at Daytona I mean you know that banking is legendary right the whole race is what's that like in a sidecar? We uh,
1: we did a test day after Barber in, in 2021, and Tony Dukas and myself ran around it with our side cars, and it was pretty good. So I said, yeah, this is no problem. They were worried with such little suspension that we'd be bottoming out. And the older sidecars, I'll admit, from the 70s and the 80s, they may have had problems there because they didn't have anything but motorcycle crap on them. No one really knew what they were doing. So I think the bikes that we had, both of them are Iresons, and they're both pretty stout. They're made for the Isle of Man. But we didn't have anyone with any problems. The banking didn't pose a problem at all. And when you're not going fast, the fastest line's low anyways. I went to the top for fun. Yeah. But it wasn't because I was going so fast that it pushed me up there, you know? Yeah. So, pretty cool place to be, though. It's amazing.
0: Oh, I'll tell I- you
1: what was amazing. But I was turn working there last year at Biketoberfest, and I watched Stefano Mesa set his new lap record there. Did you drop it by 1.8 I seconds, know. dude? No. <gasps> it was phenomenal. Wow. Stefano's <laughs> a
0: beast, dude. He's. Yeah. I I always say I don't see how he don't have a paid ride in Moto America. The
1: funny thing is, though, see, that's getting back to me, a professional spectator. I get to see all this shit and be in places. It's so amazing. It's wonderful. It
0: it is. It Absolutely. So is there a different setup for a sidecar uh, at the TT versus a normal short circuit?
1: No, they would build them a little heavier, stouter in places, but an Ierson is pretty much built for the TT. Trevor won it many times. He's like 88 years old, 89 years old now, something like that. And he he uh, he doesn't build the chassis himself, but they're still available from England. And the LCR is the big chassis that's been specifically developed for the TT. And everything's hung below the motor. The motor sits in it, you know. So when you look at a sidecar and you see the wheels and the axle, every bit of weight you can keep below the axle is good weight and all the weight above the axle is bad weight. So if you could rotate the motor and drop it, if the passenger could get that much little bit below the axle instead of above the axle, as the gas tank lowers down and is not so full, the bike goes better and it, it, you could really feel it. So they're pretty amazing machines. Yeah, I and mean you can right. drift them. I mean, you could really drift a sidecar just like you know, you don't fall down. That's what I say. It's just like go-karts, right?
0: Yeah, it, it's it's amazing to see. Yeah, yeah, you do. So what's if anybody's out there listening that, that's interested uh to getting into sidecars, right? Like, what's the cost? Where would they even go look to begin to find a sidecar for sale?
1: Well, you can get like you can get into the sport for with a good outfit for under $10,000. It's about the same as buying a superbike, you know, or something that might be set up for the track in the 600 range. Right. Right. And if you have two people, the cost, that's the nice thing about the sport. If you have a good teammate and you're going to be together for a few years, everything's cut in half. So you both help pay the entries. You pay help for this and that you can buy a brand new bike, for the Isle of Man for about 25 grand without a motor, right? You could buy a brand new bike for the world championship for about 50 grand without a motor. So that's what it goes for now. I, uh, I'm i lucky because I got a, uh, one of the last years that Trevor actually built the bike and it's a 2009 and it has 2007 uh, Honda 600 in it. And that's kind of a bulletproof motor. So I run it, and I buy one set of tires a year. Wow. It's one set of tires. Wow. 1,
0: that's 1000 bucks for a set of tires?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: One set well, a I year. That's Less.
1: awesome. Yeah. And I buy Like, Barber, to me, is the biggest race. So it's the end of the season. It's kind of funny. That's my – I work up to that event, right? And so I put the new tires on right before Barber. So they're sitting at the shop right now. With, I don't have to do nothing. I just go out and race it. And then before Barber, put new tires on. I probably buy two sets this year. We had the girls from New Zealand come over last year. That was really big news. They uh let's see where's this thing go? That's oh, yeah. for New Zealand friends. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah. That's it. That's not I like it. Look Carl at
1: Cox Motorsports, right?
0: The yeah, Carl Cox. Yeah, absolutely.
1: He's, he sponsors. Michael Dunlop.
0: Yeah, okay. I was going to say if people if, 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 listen, if everybody's don't know who Carl Cox is, you need to go look him up. He's big time out there. Absolutely yeah. big time.
1: Yeah, so he uh him and Barnett, you know, Mike Taylor from Barnett and and uh TT uh USA and um who else was it? and Carl Cox paid to have this team come over. And so I kind of caught drift of this and started looking at the the YouTube videos of them down in New Zealand. I mean, these girls are fast. So they come to, to Laguna Seca. They beat me on Saturday, right? <laughs> wow, that's pretty good. There's a guy out there, Brett Levecchi. He's fast from Colorado and and they beat me and they're in a thousand. So I kind of expect that to happen, right? Yeah. But uh, the girls kind of surprised me. I was racing with my son and he hadn't been on the bike for two years. So I was taking it easy. So I said, "says well, you know, I'm... On Friday, I told you to use the lower handhold. He says, Oh, I'm fine. So I didn't want to tell him to do it. So Saturday I was so mad we came in second. He says, Well, I kind of told you to use the lower handhold there. <laughs> so I did the next day. We we actually set a new lap record. We beat Brett's lap record too. So, but uh nice. we beat the girls handily. That was pretty fun. That's awesome. That but I got some stories that I'd like to share about the Grand Prix season. That could be some other time. And you know, the people that I met that over the years, just make making friends across the country when we go to the races, it's I know all the sidecar people, it's just wonderful.
0: Yeah, Peter, by all means, take it away, tell them.
1: <laughs> so, what else could I tell you about the beginning or the end? Uh, Listen, the end is-
0: it, it, nobody knows what the end is, we just know we're right here, right now, having a good time, right? And and uh, yeah, so it's uh, it's Good stuff, man. So, sidecars, like I said, always interested me. So, this year, how many races are you going to race?
1: Um, I think that we're going to pare it down a little bit. It's it's funny. Last year, I only did four, uh, which was eight races. Is that right? Yeah, yeah I had four different yeah. passengers, so I did five races. Yeah, so I had I had four. One points. Well, one was done. I did four events. We we only traveled to four events. And uh, we still won the championship, which was good. So that's the main thing. I won it four years in a row. So this year we're going for five. The big event for me this year is going to be Daytona. I mean, of course, I love Barber. It's a festival just that – oh, I might go to uh, Mid-Ohio this year. We haven't been there for a while. So that might be put on the schedule. Yeah, Mid-Ohio, right? It, 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 it's actually
0: coming back. And listen <laughs> – uh, Aaron Dreyer, my man says Peter let's do a test run at Bush now
1: yeah. this is small track but we got to build some small small sidecars for there yeah <laughs> yeah
0: yeah that's the thing about sidecars right so when I went to Cadwell Park uh it was a Thursday I think Malcolm took me I mean uh Peter took me was it Sunday no not Sunday it was I flew in on Tuesday Wednesday it had to have been Wednesday or Thursday and uh, they had a track day, so they had side cars, I mean, not side cars, but they had cars and and bikes. And uh, they were telling me that side cars do ride there, and I'm thinking to myself, I mean, it's so narrow. I was like, how does side cars even fit on this track, right?
1: I know, yeah, you know, the tracks over there are kind of tight. We're pretty spoiled over here. Yeah, it's pretty big tracks here. It, it is, it is. So,
0: uh, uh, obviously, you're a big fan of the Isle of Man TT, right? Have you raced anywhere else? in Europe doing sidecars or was it just a TT?
1: No, well, I did Donington um, in the Grand Prix. I did. Uh,
0: oh yeah, that's right. And Spa. Yes.
1: Yeah, Spa. Um,
0: Which Spa. one was your favorite out of all of them?
1: The tr- You know, Bruno Czechoslovakia, that track's amazing. It is. I, I was only a passenger, so I didn't really get a feel of driving the tracks, but Spa was amazing, but it's really long and it's just so fast. Bruno's, was a little bit more challenging and hilly and but they're all amazing tracks hungary was a new track pretty new when i was there um mm-hmm. we did uh what else did we do oh italy i came in second place in italy nice i got i got on the winner's circle no nah, <laughs> yeah Misano. yeah 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 oh yeah that's the trophy there that one right there with the fan Dude, on the top the yes top. i think it's that's awesome yeah but uh i, I don't know where else we race i don't know i i we flipped over at bruno flipped the sidecar over and in, in the race it didn't go all the way so we finished the race but it was pretty exciting
0: yeah i bet right i bet that's crazy so um when you flip a, a sidecar, does it cause, obviously, I, I know this might be a dumb question, a, a tremendously amount of damage to it? or are they built sturdy? Like, like, you know, we don't, even at the TT when we see them, yeah, they might give us a glimpse in the garage or whatever, but it's hard to, and I'll show the bike, but it's, unless you pause it, it's really hard to. Um,
1: understand what you're looking at.
0: Yeah, yeah, understand what I'm looking at. So explain to yeah. us what exactly is a sidecar.
1: Okay, well, so the Formula Two are tubular steel. And so they uh they're designed to hold the, the motor on top of them now. they're strong structure underneath and their car tires, 10-inch rear, uh probably a 10, 9, or 10 inch chair. And mine has a six-inch front and a six-inch chair wide, right? But the newer ones have eight inch fronts. So that's going from a 12 when mine was built till now. So everything's better. Um the Formula One bikes are long and they're made out of alum- aluminum monocoque. So they're very light and the motor's behind them. So when they roll over, not that we want to, you can envision, it's just kind of like a barrel rolling over onto its top. So it's not usually violent. It's just like, and that's wow. happens. And it can happen for numerous reasons for the driver spinning out. And when it gets sideways, it just goes, or if he spun the wrong way and the passenger doesn't cover the chair When it starts going backwards once it goes just a little bit more then the chair is so light it flips over but those will just usually be flipped back over and you can almost just keep going and we didn't flip all the way i kicked it right when it was about ready to come down and i kicked it and it went back down on the wheels and tony's looking at me like how come it didn't flip i says come on let's go i'm okay i'm okay so yeah we we finished he says you really do want to finish, don't you? He says, yeah, yeah, we're sitting on the tire wall. He says, yeah, come on, let's go. So we finished that race. Uh, I I crashed it twice at Assen in 1990. We spun out coming onto the front straightaway on the first lap and got tagged and it flipped over. So we flipped it back up and went right into the pits and got a bunch of duct tape out and duct taped it back together and joined the race like two laps later. And then three laps into that, the fairing went underneath the front wheel, and we went off the track. Just the same place Steve Webster went. I don't know if you've ever seen. If you look up sidecar crash at Assen, and it put Steve Webster, it's pretty spectacular. So I went in the same place he did. That was pretty special. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. But we walked awesome. away, luckily. Um, that's. It, it is a safe sport, though. That's a rare, you know, it's really rare that there's accidents in sidecars.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah um so it, it, it as far as getting back to actual the the sidecar itself obviously it's mm-hmm. it's unconventional to it to a motorcycle right so i'm used to two front forks a rear shock and a swing arm and all that so what's the suspension like on, on a sidecar how much travel does it have you know with all that good stuff
1: well the chair wheel solid mounted there's no suspension allowed by the rules so it's just an axle and you have two inches of rubber on the bottom of you cause that's about the height of the tires. So the tire pressure you run is important cause that gives you a little bit more bounce on the chair. You always run more air in the chair wheel because you don't want it to be so grippy. And plus when you throw the bike, all the load onto that chair wheel, it could roll off the rim. That's the main reason because you could actually get so much side load on it. You could push it right off the rim. We start with, uh, I start with, I don't know what everybody else does, but I start with 13 pounds in the front tire and 14 pounds in the rear tire. And you don't want the rear tire to get so hot that it gets a bow to it because mine's nine inches wide. So the more it heats up, if it gets a bow, you lose your flat surface patch on the ground. So it's kind of a, you know, the guys come in in the world championships and they do their tire temperature straight across it immediately. They do the parameter, boop, 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 and they know if they have to go down a pound, a half a pound, just to make that heat even across the tire. So the uh, the construction of the frames is though pretty basic from the vintage. You could take a motorcycle, you could lower it down as much as you can, you could weld on a platform to it, and you have a vintage sidecar. That that's the beauty of it. You know, you can go racing for like two thousand bucks. <laughs> it's pretty cheap. Yeah, that's uh,
0: yeah, that's. Uh... I can't wait. I can't wait to go for a ride in this thing. That's all I'm gonna say. I, I, I'm so looking forward to it. It's uh, a good time. Yeah, it's it's gonna be awesome. And Dustin, Dustin Richards says uh they're all three wheeler rocket ships. Absolutely they are. Um, and anything happens, it's always a passenger's fault. That's what Dustin says.
1: <laughs> that green one right there. Yeah, there you go. Behind there.
0: Oh, that's nice. The
1: Yeah, it's me and Dustin right there behind the bike. That was up at uh, Gingerman, I believe. Yeah, that was the group. That's the group we had up there in two thousand one, right, Dustin?
0: (laughs) That's awesome. And uh, Miguel, Migueros, he says, "Hey, Pete, what's happening?" (laughs) He's awesome.
1: Let me see this one here. Yeah, let me see wow look at
0: that is that That's you me.
1: yeah 1991 it raced the lucky strike bike
0: bro like i said where do you hide those ginormous
1: it's, it's easy man uh, once you get used to it it's, it's <laughs> nothing it's just like normal it's 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 scary to ride a motorcycle i promise you you, you have more <laughs> fear going through a turn when your front starts chattering when my front chatters, I just give it more gas or turn it harder. It doesn't, it's not going to fall over. You're on a two-wheeler, man. Those guys are the one. I tell you what, Stefano Mesa, watching that lap that he did at Daytona, every lap he came by me and I knew, oh my God, this guy is on the edge. <laughs> That's something else.
0: Yeah, that's that, absolutely. Dustin says, he says, that's right. Ask him about the Superman. Ha 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 ha. Oh man, such amazing memories.
1: Yeah, he uh, he liked to hang off the back of the bike. I'll post a picture. I got a, um, a link of an old Italian guy. I shared a picture of him and then someone shared some pictures subsequently on that link. Just came up yesterday or something like that. He was a horse stuntman in a circus. So he would ride on the side of the horse this way and the side of the horse this way, you know, bounce back and forth, little Italian guy. He's completely off of the motorcycle on the side of the driver. The the chair is on the other side. And the picture is him is just like he's riding on a horse. His two feet are way out over here. It's pretty amazing.
0: That's awesome. I got to see that picture for sure. 100%. And uh, Miguel, again, he says, uh, I remember Pete at pbir as a solo sidecar just showing us what it was all about
1: yeah well when i moved to florida um i came down with my motorhome and trailer and had no place to park or work on it so or race it you know so what i do is i knew when seth was going the track so we'd go to the track and park off in the grass and and i'd go up to tony west i said hey you think i can get a lap he goes, no, 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 no. So after like the second time I was there, I says, well, why don't you let me go out when the last bike goes by? You know, you give the last guy the checkered flag. Before you let the next group go out, I'll just follow him around and I'll come back in. He says, why? This is why well, I want to see what the track's like. I won't, you know, I mean, so, so he says, okay, I guess that won't take any time. So his last bike went by in a practice. He'd let me go. And then I rounded up enough sidecars to talk him into letting us have a race. So we got a couple of races. we had if we had ten sidecars, yeah, we had it in Homestead once. but if we had a consistent ten sidecars, he'd be happy to host sidecars. but we can't I mean, you can't get ten sidecars to come from you know, Florida in Homestead, you couldn't get any farther south <laughs> if you want to have a race. so yeah,
0: uh, Miguel says uh and South Florida sidecars was born.
1: Yep, thanks to Miguel. He put up the website for us.
0: Nice. Thank you, Miguel. Yeah. That's awesome.
1: Yeah,
0: That's good stuff, man. So, out of every place you've ever raced, uh, what was the most challenging? Well, obviously, the TT. That was kind of a dumb question. <laughs>
1: yeah. <So, laughs> right. uh, Sears point. If if you want to rate a challenging track that I've raced on, that's um I, I haven't raced every track. I'm really surprised how many tracks in the United States I haven't been on. It's pretty amazing. But uh well,
0: how I'm many sure. have you been on?
1: Almost all of them, Portland. I actually went to Westwood, which is up gone now. That was up north in Canada. Uh so Portland International, Seattle, um, Sears Point, Laguna Seca, Riverside, Ontario, Willow Springs. Those are all our normal tracks out west, and then Road America. New Jersey, uh, I could probably tell you more what I haven't been to. I, I haven't been on Road Atlanta in a long time. We raced Road Atlanta in 1980, before it's what it is now. Yeah, That was an amazing track back in 1980. Um haven't been to, I've been to Utah and to, uh, where else have you been? Gingerman, Blackhawk Farms, um, Little Talladega. That's a great little track that's close to us. CMP, Carolina Motorsports Park, Savannah, Robley Road will start there. Um, yeah, I bet Hallett and uh, I don't know. There's just – it's okay. Pocono. Yep, old Pocono and Daytona.
0: <laughs> Miami Ham- Homestead.
1: Loudon, New Hampshire, Homestead. Yep, yep. Homestead.
0: Dustin Richards. Yep. That was from Dustin. Yeah, yep. man, that's – Peter, that's simply amazing. So, uh, what all tracks are you racing at this year here here in America?
1: Well, the, the ARMA schedules out, um, and and that's pretty much firmed up. Okay, uh, you you can go to that website and see it. I'm not sure if uh, we're going to do all of them like last year. We just kind of cut our season down a little bit. Yeah. Um, this year we're going to support the the ARMA events that are close, which is Roebling Road. And we'll probably go up to Jersey. I haven't been there for a while. It's a long haul. So with the back-to-back with Azra, it's kind of economical. You know, you drive up there, you spend a week. Yelling. You know, we'll do that, and uh, definitely do Barber and then Daytona the weekend after to close out the year. And I'm not sure if I'm not sure if uh, Mid Ohio is in there because that's the week we have to fly to Caldwell after. Cadwell, however you say it, Cadwell,
0: Caldwell, yeah, Yeah, it's uh that, yeah, I got, yeah, man, what an amazing place. I listen, uh, I said this before getting on. It was the best race weekend I've had in my life, and I've been to a lot of road races. It was just the atmosphere, the people. The culture, how everybody just accepted me. Every time I would talk, people are like, Where are you from? Right? It was. Uh, they
1: breathe racing. In
0: oh, it's amazing. I felt more at home than at home when it comes to racing, which is kind of odd. Like, I never felt out of place, not one time. Never got homesick because I thought, I seriously thought, because it's my first time out of the country, I'm going by myself. Nobody's going with me right i'm I'm solo of course I got and you to- pick,
1: you picked that track because the pictures you saw of the bikes taking the jump
0: it's listen gr- I grew up watching road racing right and uh, yeah I, the very first time I seen it was in a magazine of, of yep. cadwell park in the jump, and yep. i was
1: like you just, you have what to see is that.
0: this place what <laughs> is this place right and then yeah. and then obviously you know i finally got to see it on tv and i was like i mean it's i, I absolutely have to go there one day absolutely and, and from then on i was just a huge bsb guy um mm-hmm. it, there, it's just you're right the culture the people uh it's uh Listen, I, I say this to everybody, Peter, and I mean it. That's why the TT's on my bucket list, right? Because thats I said this before. It's my absolute favorite race of the year. Single race of the year, the event, right? The two weeks, the whole thing. But um, watching them guys, Ryan Vickers and Josh Brooks and, uh, dude, it's amazing seeing the them jump that mountain it's the most beautiful thing you've ever seen and then how narrow it is and then the back section it's just tire walls left and right and you're actually as a spectator can get really close and it's it's everything the culture of the track the history behind it you know the farmhouse and the dad and the two sons and yes it, it's the whole thing the whole history of it and you feel it when you're there it's it's uh it's not like Texas, right? You go to Texas, Moto GP race. Yeah, it's real high energy. Of course it's high energy there too, but it's like it's just a track. Mm-hmm. Right? It's Moto well, it GP. That's a that's granted.
1: That's one I haven't been to. So what Texas? You no, know, I haven't got to drive there yet. Yeah, on a side oh, park. Okay. They haven't had a race there yet. Maybe we'll work that into the schedule someday. that
0: would be awesome well yeah i i usually go every year for the moto gp race i'm going again this year and it's just like you know most tracks you see on tv peter right it don't the corners don't do it no justice so yeah turn one it's it's yeah it's it's steep it really is it's uh it's an amazing place to be Mm -hmm. it it really is it's uh can't wait to go there in april I, i look forward to it all the time me and my one of my best friends jason uh big shout out to him he uh I fly to Oklahoma and then me and him jump in the car or his truck and it's like five hour drive. And, uh, it just gives us more time to spend time together. And, you know, yeah. our, 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 once a year, uh, boy trip. So friend trip. So yeah, we have right. a lot MG. of fun, yeah. but BSB it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Well, it's actually Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Um, oh, at, for, for Cadwell when I went, it was, uh, every day. It was just mm-hmm. high energy. Everybody was super excited. Cheers. I mean, you know, you, you go to
1: Moto America race. And a big crowd.
0: And a big crowd. You go to Moto big America, crowd. man, it's like a third of what we had at, at Codwell. And nobody, I mean, there's people cheering, but it's, yeah, it's you got to experience and it's going to blow your mind. I love it. And I'm jealous.
1: I'm jealous yeah, I'm and, not going. Well, and Donington was the same way. You know, you go there and there's this water old structure that's built out there that you, and the castle and the airplane and all this stuff and you go around on thursday practice and practice there's a few people and then saturday and sunday you can't even see the lawn it's covered with people i mean there's a hundred thousand people that weren't there the day before all of a sudden show up and and ass and everyone camps they just come for miles and miles it's their holiday they no. they they'll put Everything in their bike can go to two grand prix. They'll pick them out whatever they're going to do. But they ride their bikes. They set up tents and they, they just go from one track to another and then back home. That's their holiday. So that's what people. It means a lot to go to those kind of events for for the public. You know, it's pretty cool.
0: It it's uh, so rich in history there too. You're right. There, there was a lot of campers there uh, over the weekend when I was there. Um, it's. I mean, I, I think about it a lot. I can't lie; I think about that trip a lot. It was—I had so much fun. It was. Uh, I wish uh, Americans, we as Americans, was into the sport like all my mates a, across the pond are
1: over there. Yeah, that, well, their their great grandmothers rode motorcycles. Ours didn't. Right? They, yeah, they cooked, Right? The yeah, yeah. Right. That's the difference, right there. Yeah, yeah it's it's.
0: It, you know, but it, it's funny, dude, Peter, because I get asked question a lot, and I, I say it a lot. Uh, what's the difference, right, between BSB and, like, Moto America? What we do in Moto America better than anybody else in the world, World Superbike, GP, blah, 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 blah. We have an open pit policy, which is great for the fans. That's one thing, dude, that we got better than anybody else. Everywhere else, you either got to know somebody or – um, get a pit pass if it's available, yada, 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 right? But Cadwell mm-hmm. Parks were the only ones to where – because they actually got to cross the track to get down to, to the pits because the pits are actually down there at the bottom uh where mm-hmm. the front straightaway is. So you can actually, a, as a spectator or a fan, stand there and you're guaranteed to meet every – Storm Stacy Bird, I mean, you know, Irvin, Tommy, mm-hmm. all of them, right? Uh I think that – all race organizations in the world would benefit if they had an open pit policy uh, to some extent, like we do in Moto America, because as a fan, Peter, you know, that's where we go. Yeah. I, I, I go to watch the, the race. The man. man.
1: The Island man is open pits. You just, I know, I know.
0: <laughs> I know. I can't wait. I can't wait to go to the TT. It's, it's, it's definitely on my bucket list. It's uh, yeah. I, yeah. But it's, um, yeah, the, the whole thing is just simply amazing. Uh, but mm-hmm. I think the sport alone, as I was just getting saying, that would benefit if they had some type of open pit, right? To where the fans get to actually, you know, meet their favorite rider and get a picture or autograph or whatever it is they want, just tell them that hey, you are amazing and I appreciate what you do, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that,
1: uh, as, as the cost of everything went up, though, too, you know, I saw it from the beginning when I started racing, right? It was $35 for your race license. It was $35 to enter a race. And now everything's gone up so much that the promoters and they justifiably have to raise everything. But the, the years that I went to Laguna Seca as a spectator, we'd go there, we could camp, we could hang out, you know, and you didn't have to pay extra for this, this, and this and and kids these days don't have the spare cash or the opportunity to be around motorcycles maybe or whatever to get interested into seeing them so you don't have even serious point the nationals back there in the 70s the hills were packed Laguna Seca the hill was packed I mean you could see that whole hill people were all over it and I don't know the difference I don't know what the reason is because the racing's was always exciting as far as I was concerned, you know, it's Freddie Spencer, and, you know, really, I mean, I was in the pits with all those guys, Reggie Pridmore, you know, was my hero. Cause when I first started going, I had a Norton and he was racing the BMW and it sounded the same. I didn't know. Of course I knew the difference, but the sound was different than the Jap bikes. Right. So I always rooted for Reggie. And then 1978 Riverside, he's on the grid with me on his sidecar. So we became great friends in 19. And he came and saw me race. He was off, of course, he was already over at the Isle of Man. He runs a tour along with his class school. But he came into the pits three times to check on me and see how we were doing at the Isle of Man. It was amazing. So those are the kind of people that I can call friends to now. It's really, it's, it's just amazing that I'm, you know, and like you, you know, your heroes when you meet them, man, it's nice to be appreciated and that they, they take you and give you time. Michael Dunlop, when he did Daytona, he hung out with Dustin and us. I mean, it was amazing. He's just down to earth. There he was,
0: dude. You got to tell me about that because I'm a huge man. Listen, I'm a huge fan of all those guys. Every I'm a huge fan of you. Everybody that that does any any racing, I don't care. Right, motorcycle racing in general, and you know, obviously uh, the Dunlop family has just been a legacy at the tt if those of you don't know anything or never even heard do yourself a favor stop watching this right now go to youtube and put in anything done like michael dude any of them uh you'll be amazed that they, they are but to actually sit there and hang out with them you know it's like uh you hear horror stories you know you don't never want to meet your hero because you might be pretty much disappointed, right? Which I have a couple of those. We can talk about that later. Uh but you know to to hear how humble he is, tell us about the legend himself, Michael Dunlop. Dude, lucky I'm so jealous over here.
1: Well Dustin was racing, right? So Dustin Richards got his yellow hair, his yellow leathers, his yellow bike. And he's he's fast. He was winning the championship in femmer down here. He won like nine races in a day. You nice. go to the race, race, 12 race. Oh, amazing. This kid, Dustin, right? You, you'll you probably see him pop up every once in a while. But uh, him and Michael became friends and are just chatting it up all the time. After hours, they're partied out. It was just amazing. We only went up for Sunday and hung out with them and Scott O'Dell. But, it, you know, I had met Mike Mike at the TT, but he didn't remember meeting me at the TT. I just walked yeah. by and said, hey, Mike, I'm really impressed and Great to see you. I mean, like, what do you say, right? But the whole night that we were there hanging out with him was pretty cool. It was really, and Dustin has a lot of stories.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, I know Dustin Richards. I don't know him personally. I think I'm pretty sure we're friends on Facebook. Uh, I, Absolutely. I, I, I see him post stuff. Yeah. I would love to actually ha- have a chat with, with Dustin sometime um, for sure. Um, so, Dustin, if you're listening, Shoot me a message. Um, but anyway, Dustin says, Peter is amazing in the pits. I can't tell you how, how many people, young and old, that's coming to our pits, and we've given them a, t- a full tour and let them get on the sidecar. It makes future uh, racers. Yeah, absolutely it does, you know, getting kids involved, especially. Autographs we have given away our plaques, hats, T-shirts to all demographics of people. And then he says I he autographed my windscreen. I raced with him on that race. Dude, that's <laughs> listen, you know, it's 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 like me with and drew know. a dick
1: on his forehead. <laughs> <laughs> I got uh, pictures. I got
0: well, pictures. Let me see. You got one right there with you? No, I don't have right oh here. man,
1: come on, Peter. It right oh that's a little admitted. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, so okay <laughs> i
0: love it dude i love it so yeah you know it, it, it's like meeting uh i didn't want to say is what he said <laughs> i didn't want to say i have the video dustin bro reach out to me i gotta see this video <laughs> bro. 110 and we gotta chat dude it's awesome mm-hmm. yeah you know it, it's just like when, when i met you know peter hickman i was um so, uh, I flew out Monday from here. I got there on Tuesday. I already knew that uh, Peter's performance shop wasn't too far from my hotel, right? So, mm-hmm. I get up the next day immediately and uh, I call out there. I was like, Yeah, I'm, my name's Simcoe from America. It's my first time here. I'm a huge Peter Hickman fan. I'll come by and buy a hat, a t shirt, and a sweatshirt. I, I want to do all these things, right? They're like, Of course, yeah, absolutely. You know, come on by. So, I, I, I get a cab, I go by there. Um, They didn't tell me Peter Hickman was standing inside. So when we pulled up, uh, this guy comes out. I forget his name. I'm sorry. Uh, I I got a couple pictures with him. We had a long conversation. I'm not good with names, but I always remember a face, right? So anyway, he comes running out. He's like, oh, are you the American that just called? I was like, yes, Simcoe, bro. Nice to meet you. What an honor, you know, blah, blah, blah. He didn't tell me Peter Hickman was standing inside. So I walk in the door, bro, and as soon as I look to my right, there's the legend himself, Peter Hickman. And uh, I just threw my hands up. was like, Peter Hickman, what? It's an honor to meet you. You know, it was uh, absolutely crazy insane. It really was. Uh, you know, and he was so cool. So down to earth, so was his dad. Me and his dad had many conversations. Uh, and every time we seen each other at Cadwell, they would walk up to each other and have a conversation. Every time Peter Hickman would come by, it's always amazing when you meet one of your heroes and they actually – uh, take time to say hi to you, you know, after you've met. Right. And didn't talk anything about racing. Like when I met Peter didn't take, I just said, man, I'm a huge fan. You know, uh, and then I started my whole kind of kind of little thing. Like what's your favorite food and, and your favorite movie and, and doing stuff like this. Cause I want to have a more genuine human conversation instead of obviously I'm a fan. So I know all about your racing. Right. Um, right. Right. But yeah, it was it was just uh it was awesome cuz he was actually working putting together some um cuz they just moved to a new shop. So originally mm-hmm. I went to their old shop and it was locked. So I called him up. I was like, "Yeah, I'm standing outside with the door's locked." They're like, "Oh, we're we're a block away, whatever on the left, um it it our new shop." So he's actually in uh, there putting um like Displays together for for his mats and all this stuff going on. But he had his TT winning bike in there, the 136 miles an hour with all the bugs on it, full display, the helmet, and all that. And I'm just, <laughs> dude, Peter, I, I'm looking at it just like, is this really happening? Like, am I really in the UK? Am I really hanging out with Peter Hickman? Am I really looking at his bike? Like, it's, yeah, it's hard for me to put in words. Like I tell everybody, it's an honor. It was such an honor. Uh, yeah, just crazy, man. It's absolute crazy. You know, now <laughs> how genuine they are, right? So going back to my, you know, don't want to meet one of your heroes, uh, it was for me, it was uh Stoner, right? I love Stoner, like obviously I had a love hate relationship with them there for a while. Uh, but then once once you really start to understand a person, right? it's your 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 mindset changes, right? So you appreciate them. DeBee mm-hmm. Stoner was, was uh, besides Anthony Gobert and Casey Stoner, right, had the most natural talent that I've ever pretty much seen on a motorcycle, over Marquez, over Valentina Rossi. Um, they just had something unique and special about him. The feel was, you know, whatever it was. So, anyway, I'm all excited. Standing, see Casey Stoner. Uh, walk up to him was like, man, you know, I'm Simcoe. It's an honor to meet you. Uh, do you mind signing this for me? He flat out said no and turned around and walked away. Dude, and man, shit. I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me right now. In my mind, I'm like, what are you kidding me right now? So, uh, I hand the poster to my, my brother, his girlfriend. And I was like, well, would you go get this signed for me? Right. Cause Marco Melandri was over there too. I was so devastated. I, I couldn't even walk up to Marco Melandri. So she's like, yeah, I got, you. she walked straight up to Casey Stoner and he looks at me as I hand her the poster and she said, Will you sign this for me? He's like, Yeah, sure, no problem. And I'm like,
1: What a <laughs> dick,
0: dude. Really? Like, that's the dickish move I've ever seen. But yeah, so now,
1: now he knows. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, right. Now he knows. Yeah. It's uh but listen, I, I still Stoner still was uh I, everybody missed that Marquez Stoner um battle because obviously Stoner retired, but what a proper battle that would have been, right? Mm-hmm. Talking about King of the Giants, but yeah. Those bikes
1: back in the day were hard to ride, man. He, I know. Oof. I know. I know. I know. I know. And
0: then, you know, so obviously uh you watch MotoGP and World Superbike?
1: Absolutely. Not so much World Superbike. I, okay. I got to limit the amount of time that we sit on the TV. But uh every minute of the TT is not only do we watch the Isle of Man feed, but three wheeling is the sponsor for the sidecars. So that'll be on. And then also you could say to your Google girl or Siri or whatever you have stream Manx radio AM on tune in. Bro. yeah,
0: I got Manx radio app on my phone. Straight yeah. So close. I listen
1: yes. to it in the morning here yep. when I want to get a good feel of what's going on in yep. the yep. Island and hear the commercials. It's so great, you know, yep. and it's, it's just wonderful so uh yeah i i think that kind of stuff is very important to uh keep up on i watch all the practices moto america coverage i have to say is amazing i mean they've done a really really good job i i did enjoy the supercross last night being able to watch it but i'm pissed off because i don't want to pay anything for peacock so <laughs> i'm not gonna pay for peacock
0: right yeah i know i know that's man that, that's me too uh my man Aaron Dreyer, just sent me a <laughs> proper Aaron he sent me the photo. Oh, that's good stuff. Uh
1: Oh, Dustin?
0: Uh no, it, it it's him Avery um and Uh-oh. and uh Mickey D, bro.
1: Okay, yeah. Yeah, dude, proper.
0: He's got red on his forehead. Mickey D's got red on his forehead.
1: Yeah, that's a dick. Yeah. Uh, it must have been
0: <laughs> where he was trying to wipe it off or trying to wipe it off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it that's awesome.
1: Of oh, yeah, uh, it's such a uh, good time. It's, dude, and I mean, you know, the life at the racetrack, everybody takes it different. A lot of people put a lot of pressure on themselves. Um, I just go to have fun. So, if we finish the race and everyone packs up and goes home safe, that's been a good weekend for me. Oh, for sure. And that's why we do it.
0: For sure. Dustin says, um, he says, we signed autographs for the Hells Angels for two hours in Nevada. I guess they went to church, and Peter was sidecar, and I called highlighter, and we met people who heard about us from state to state. With smaller bike clothes, me and Peter were mind blown. Yeah, that's, dude, that's amazing. Absolutely yeah, pretty amazing. cool. Yeah, that's, bro, that, that, that's amazing. So uh MotoGP, who's your favorite rider in MotoGP in this era right now as we speak?
1: Well, I, I, you know, I'm amazed with Marquez. I mean, for him to be the age he is and running against these kids and still just Given it is all, I mean, how many times do you want a high side? I <laughs> just say back off and enjoy yourself, dude. But yeah, they're all fast. They're all they're all good. Um, Anne likes Fabio. That's she. She likes that he doesn't Fabio. wear. uh Yeah, when his leathers are open, he doesn't have a t-shirt on underneath there. <laughs> she thinks that's sexy.
0: So, ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah, ain't nothing wrong with that. That's the her hall pass. Absolutely. That's, that's why we watch
1: so much MotoGP
0: right
1: that's awesome
0: yeah that's good stuff yeah that's yeah
1: yeah. uh and then so you had chloe on and i know chloe from the armor races and jerry jeremy runs the the big mm -hmm. kawasaki's too he runs a 650 or 750 i'm not sure what he runs but it looks like my kz so whenever i have a problem i go over and say hey what's up with this thing you know because i'm not the best mechanic but uh, you talking about
0: Chloe, Chloe Madrid?
1: Yeah, she's yeah, dude, passengers. she's awesome. A lot of people she she's helping out whenever we're needing passengers, and oh yeah, <laughs>
0: it was dude, it was awesome, Peter. Because when I had her on the podcast, I I I'd do like this every once in a while. I'd pop her up in a picture like this. <laughs> awesome, yeah she she's all, awesome. She actually sent me a I got a signed poster right here that uh, I'm gonna hang up that 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 she sent me. Um, Again, everybody listening, it's an honor to to sit here and, and be able to do this and, and talk to everyone. Everybody that's I've had on, and everybody that I've had on is coming back on, and people in the future that are coming on, and everybody that listens. I can't say it enough how much I appreciate everybody.
1: It's you do a amazing. really good job. All
0: you guys are are, are yeah. a mega amazing people, and I thank you so much. It it really is. It's 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 awesome. Um.
1: So, one of my favorite racers to watch right now is I gotta tell you this. Kayla.
0: I know Kayla of Yakut. Dude, she's
1: for the last two years, yeah. I've just been going, Oh my god, where'd this girl come from? Right? She's amazing.
0: She is amazing. So, yeah, she, she is.
1: That and that's what's so nice about the sport. You see, people start out when they're young and you can follow them, and it's really a great thing, you know. So so I wish her all the luck because she's got so much talent and we just want to see her keep going man we were here people that don't even i got friends that could care less about motorcycles or anything like that right so i got the race on in the kitchen where i'm cooking so i could watch it and they're all over doing their own thing and mike comes in goes was that said that's a girl winning that race right there no says yeah are those all girls no (laughs) she's winning that race right there and then i ends up everybody's over in the little TV in the kitchen watching it, right? That was pretty cool. She's very impressive young lady.
0: Yeah, she's she's definitely gonna do big things. You know, go, going back to uh you know Moto America do super sport this year has absolutely got the best stat class in Moto mm-hmm. America this year, I think it's gonna be racing's uh, been amazing. It's gonna be proper, It really. Is JD Beach is back? I mean, we got you know Westby's not no more, but we got Honda coming back in um, from uh, allegedly, uh, from what I hear. Uh, you know, it's it's this year's gonna be proper all the way around. You know, for the TT. I mean, it's dude, 136 average, dude. That's plum nuts, dude. That's I remember, you know, 119. 121 well,
1: the sidecars broke 120 yeah no they virtually two teams did it this year and and uh yeah they went 120 miles an hour average that's, and uh tom ben and tom yeah so tom the passenger retired you saw that
0: i did i was just, that's what i was going to say yep
1: so they've announced his his replacement, his replacement. yep Yep. which he's, i, I he's, can't
0: remember his name
1: yeah, I, I know it's Rosh Lou. I, I'm not sure exactly. Kevin. Yeah. Kevin. Yeah. So, Kevin but he is. races, he races for, uh, Steinhaus racing in the world championships, which you could just say, YouTube stream the world championship sidecars live and it'll come right up, but last year they all came up. They're good. If you haven't watched any of them, just do it on YouTube. All last year, sidecar world championships races are on. Oh, really? But yeah, it's going to be there's 33 entries for the TT this year couple newcomers and uh the coverage is pretty good i i'd like to see a little bit more sidecars, but i don't complain about it because we watched it all on the other side too so we yeah. see what we can
0: yeah I, I pay for the app so everybody out there what he's talking about is you can go to uh the tt they actually have an app it's like 25 us dollars for for the whole two weeks it's nothing yeah. and it's, listen it's the best 25 dollars you've ever spent if you don't enjoy it well then don't do it again, but I don't see how you couldn't, right? I mean, it's, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's proper, and you know, to me, it's like, uh, man, it's hard. Like I've been, obviously, I pay for MotoGP every year, man. It's like one hundred and eighty bucks, one hundred and seventy dollars, and it's, uh, I don't like where MotoGP's at, you know. It's it's too air down. It's it's more like F one, right? It's all down to more like engineers than, than it is the rider, old school. But it's still going to be exciting. Who well,
1: we would have thought? Who would have thought that these little plastic things that were going to bolt on the bikes were going to make them win or lose? You the know, aerodynamics yeah. in MotoGP is phenomenal. Right it is. Now. It's interesting, you know I mean? Just to see what they could do, but boy, it, 10 it, years ago, no one would have thought that would make a difference.
0: Yeah. Right? I mean, it, listen, there's plus and minuses of it. I just, uh, I'm just not a fan of the ride height devices or the aerodynamics. Um, I, I like the old, old school proper way of things, right?
1: Yeah, um, come honestly, race with Arma. <laughs> we got all the old bikes over right? there, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's good stuff, man. I, I just, yeah, well, but you know what? What I'm really trying to say is 2024 in all classes is going to be proper mega racing. BSB, and, and listen, this is one thing I love about BSB. You can go to Bennett's British Superbikes.com and watch all the races live as they happen, and that is absolutely amazing right moto america needs to step up their game for their app because their app is just it's it's hideous right you pay 80 dollars, which is just a race weekend which it's its cheap if you think about it really is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but man if you don't catch it live it's like three four hours five hours shit sometimes the next day before you can even watch them again right mm-hmm. um I think they need to step up their game with that, and plus also their YouTube that they do right, uh, which is an amazing uh, channel they do. Uh, wh- what's it called? Not rise to survive, yeah. Uh, not drive to survive, but what's what's their YouTube they do? They put out all season long. God damn it, I can't remember the name of it. You guys For know what? what I'm talking about. Moto America, yes, Moto America, where where, where, they, where, they, where they where they recap the races.
1: Oh, we just watched the stuff live. Okay, We've already okay. learned that, And, you know, they the MotoGP puts it on TV, too. You know, you can catch it the next day. A lot of okay. the races have been good. Let's really yeah. helps the audience that doesn't does. have to pay for it. So at least the, I, I'm thankful the TV networks realize that there's a spectator interest there. Otherwise, yeah. it wouldn't be on at all.
0: No, you're oh. right. You're right. But the oh. thing about the MotoGP app is so good. It's the best one out there, I, I think. I got. I do sport to bike, too, but, um, because you can go back and watch. I think it's all the way up to, like, 76 or 74. You can go back you know, and watch you know. all those races, right? And that's awesome. Because i would be like, you know what? Because during the off-season, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to watch the 1986 500 Grand Prix. Boom. There it is, right? Just straight good. to my TV and Boom. There it is. But yeah, listen, Peter, dude, we've been on this for an hour and 30 minutes, man. It don't even seem that long at all. So uh, I want to I want to I want to actually ask you a couple personal questions, man. If if you. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're definitely going to do a part two of this because, yeah, we have a lot more to talk about. So uh, what are you and your wife watching on Netflix right now?
1: We don't watch Netflix. We Netflix. Uh, We don't have it
0: okay. okay.
1: Uh, is I there anything- I've never bought I've never bought anything from Amazon. Okay. Oh, Ever. Wow. Ever. My favorite color is yellow. I love it.
0: Yellow. <laughs> I like it. I like it. all right, so uh, do you, do you read books or, or listen to audiobooks?
1: Um, Anne warned me this might be asked. My <laughs> last book I read was Madison uh, Bridges of Madison County. <laughs> is that
0: and okay did, yeah you don't uh, even know what it is <laughs> nah, nah, perfect Not yeah no 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 I, I yeah i do i, I listen to obviously a, a lot of audio books there, there's a lot of good, good ones out there but uh did you have a like Star Wars or Star Trek
1: mm, i'd have to say Star Trek
0: okay okay so if 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 who would you be in Star Trek what character best describes you in Star Trek
1: I don't know, the guy that rides a sidecar
0: <laughs> that would be scotty the answer scotty to that okay. question is scotty yes I be
1: the doctor though sounds more intelligent
0: dr <laughs> Spock yeah 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 you know i was never i was never into star i mean star wars absolutely but Star trek i just never read. my brother now he you was. you weren't anger. even
1: born when Star trek came on tv dude no
0: i no. wasn't no, no no you
1: weren't born no no <laughs>
0: But I, I was always a Star Wars fan, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's 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 good stuff, man. Good stuff. So, what's your favorite food? Like, uh, what's your favorite food one? And what are you making tonight for dinner?
1: Well, there's a roast. I already started in the Dutch oven. Nice. Okay, so that had to be started early. Yeah. I cook, so I like to cook. I get to hide in the kitchen and watch my sports and not bother everybody else. And um, I'm Lebanese. So I really like Mediterranean food and miss my grandmother's cooking immensely. <laughs> I try, but yeah. Lebanese Dude, food's amazing.
0: I I uh so I love to cook, Peter. So I would love to be able to get get with you one day. I mean, you could just throw down in the kitchen cuz I love to cook absolutely. Cooking and enjoying a good glass of red wine. Uh, either listening to some good music or watching a race or, or something, anything on two wheels, right? Yeah, that's my thing. I'll go there and throw my earbuds in or at least one in and and, yeah, do my thing in the kitchen. I really like to cook. Mediterranean, absolutely one of my favorite foods. I love Greek food. Mediterranean Thai food, uh, Indian mm-hmm. food. I I'm a food connoisseur, right? I, I'm not so big on, uh, you know, cheeseburgers. Uh, I'm, I, I eat them. Don't get me wrong.
1: Um, absolutely. We all eat cheeseburgers. I right. Think. Right.
0: But as far as like, you know, like hot dogs, I used to be a big hot dog person, Man, I ate a hot dog. And well, me and my wife did. Two weeks ago, that's been the first time in a long time. But I like to, man, I just love to cook. I love it. I like to make I, I have recipe books. I use uh, Yumly and, um, man, what's that other one I use? Yumly, that's it. Yumly is my newest one. It's a free app and you put in whatever you want, Peter. W- whatever, Thai, Mediterranean, and boom, it'll pop up. We give you recipes, the ingredients, and all that good stuff. Yeah, I'll go in there and, yeah put on some frank sinatra or something and just enjoy it man nothing like the aroma you know and, and good stuff man cooking love to cook man
1: always absolutely. makes the house smell good we have other ways of making the house smell good too though but it's all personal choice
0: it it, it is absolutely it is you're yeah. right 110 percent. so um what's your favorite race you've
1: ever been to in your life
0: not you racing sidecars period but you going just to be a fan yourself
1: oh well there's nothing can compare it to the the first couple grand prix i was at watching the americans you know i mean yeah kevin and wayne and i think uh that year was pretty amazing there was a pass in the last turn and like i say, i always went over there schwantz i think cut it I'm not sure who it was. Maybe it was Wayne cut it, and, but they got pushed off the track. It was it was amazing. It, so 1991, look that one up at Aston. That was a pretty amazing race. But when you're in the pits, you don't really get to see it as good as when you're a spectator.
0: Yeah. So I'd have
1: to say going all the way back to when I set up on the hill at Laguna Seca and Sears Point and watched Kenny Roberts just flying around on the TZs. Yeah, there were 750s back then, yep. 700s. Yep, they were amazing. The old so yes, yeah, so,
0: Sorry, Peter, go ahead.
1: Yeah, we just went to the twenty-four hour. That's it was amazing, but it's too much noise for my oh, old ears. Like too but much yeah, noise. It's too yeah.
0: so, yeah. oh, I love it, dude. That's good. So I, no I,
1: No, no. When's a pit stop? Is it going to get quieter? <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, I I've been to Laguna Seca. I've only been once. I went in two thousand and five when MotoGP first come back. I had to mm-hmm. go to that one. I was like, dude, I, I gotta go. This is I have to go. I've been there. I was there. That was my first time meeting Rossi, meeting John Hopkins, Max Biaggi, Sete Juvenile. My first Rossi helmet got signed. Um, which I bragged about there, but I got my helmet signed, woo, you know, all that good stuff. Uh yeah, Laguna Seca was um man, what a track. Same thing, so rich in history. It's 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 all like I said earlier, when you show up to Cadwell and you're walking around, you feel Energy in the history of the track, right? There's not many tracks that I've ever been to that I've ever felt that. Coda's mm-hmm. number one, absolutely mm-hmm. not, right? It's, the Moto GP, the bikes and the smell, and just knowing you're there with them, you know, it has a certain energy to it. But Laguna Seca and Catwell Park, they are, um, it's just something so magical about them. I mean, the are yeah, going to
1: Mossport for us yeah. when we'd race up in Canada. Um, that's one of the original tracks that hasn't been changed much from. From the original layouts when the GP cars were there, that's a pretty special track. I raced that a couple of times. That always has a soft spot in my heart, being able to go up there. And they still have racing there. You can go up and race. uh We're just not up in the northern part of the country anymore, so we don't go there. But they have big sidecar race up there. We had twenty nine sidecars up there once. Nice, the big field.
0: Uh, that that's awesome. Um, listen, uh, if you were a Marvel character, who would you
1: be? Who would I be? I don't know. Um, Ann says Superman.
0: Okay. I don't know. I I
1: don't
0: know. You don't watch much TV, do you, Peter?
1: No, no, I really don't. We watch Fox news. Sorry.
0: No, you're good. I don't, (laughs) man, honestly, I don't watch the news at all. I I just don't watch the news at all. I, I probably should, but I don't. Dustin, man, Dustin says, Matt, the track manager is amazing as Peter put him on a sidecar. Yeah, and Matt is the manager of Laguna.
1: Yeah, awesome. um, that was my cardboard sign I told you about that I put out. Oh, yeah. It says passenger needed. Yeah, worked out pretty good.
0: So us being lovers of cooking, uh, you don't watch any cooking shows, man? I love watching some cooking shows now.
1: Ann watches it. I okay. To see them. I well, yeah. <laughs>
0: And this question is for you. What's your favorite cooking show?
1: Holiday Bake Offs. It just got over. She had that on forever. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I've watched that several times. It's good. Yeah. I like that. So what's your favorite meal to cook, Peter? Like you're at home. You know, you're going to cook. You're like, yeah, I'm going this is, this is my go-to meal.
1: Oh, lamb. We have a leg of lamb. Good lamb chops. We have lamb chops once a week, no matter what.
0: Oh, okay. And, uh, okay.
1: And then a filet mignon is always the best if you're going to buy beef. So just right. buy a couple of nice fillets, do some mushrooms, make it easy. That's Sit right. down and enjoy the wine. Nope. Yeah. And yes, we live in nope. Fort Lauderdale. The restaurants around here are amazing. I mean, you yeah. go every night, if you wanted to go out and eat a different place, but.
0: Yeah. So. I, uh, I grew up in Florida and Jacksonville. Uh, my dad, hmm. you know, obviously I grew up in the Navy. My dad was a fighter pilot, so. Uh, Thank you yeah. for that Yeah, uh, Orange Park South Is actually where we lived in Jacksonville um, Yeah, I remember Florida very, very well it, I really enjoyed my time there uh, I remember it rained every day Just for a short period And then the sun would come back out uh, I remember trying alligator for the first time And how tough it was And my dad was like He, he overcooked it But it's kind of naturally chewy anyway, right?
1: Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah uh, I just had it two nights ago did you yeah man <laughs> the I had street you. fisheries right nice there. yeah i made
0: that's something i wish we had out in virginia even though you know we're close to virginia beach like four hours man like we um i would love to get like a proper fish and chips like like in the uk or some mushy peas man i miss that the curry and all that good stuff we would just yeah we, hey, hey, so my friend said long john silvers man you know how long it's been society at long john silvers it's been At least 15 years. I just don't do fast food. It's very rarely you'll ever see me eat fast food at all.
1: Well, when the job, I think it's pretty much where you are in your job. If you, I work swing. So we had four nights a week, years and years ago, you know, and we ate two nights a week at Taco Bell, Kentucky Fried once, and uh, one-on-one fish and chips. That was our normal weekly meals during work you know and and i really did love taco bell but those days are gone
0: no more taco <laughs> bell
1: no more diane doesn't let me go to taco bell
0: that's hilarious well, yeah. what you go to fast food you go to then
1: uh, the only thing we eat from mcdonald's is uh, egg mcmuffin when we're on the roads our special treat we're driving from philip diesel we- Run over and get an egg McMuffin. We go to Bucky's though. We always got to go to Bucky's.
0: Ah, oh, dude, Bucky, don't even stop. I love, but Bucky's is one of my my favorite gas station. In the world. who don't love Bucky's? I wish we yeah, had yeah. one here.
1: Yeah, you pull right across the street from Barber. They built one. I mean, you leave the track. Oh. There's one right there, and there's two tracks. There's three of them between here and going up to Barber. So it's Bucky's all the way. Bucky's,
0: Bucky's. dude. I got. I so I got a. a I got a Bucky T-shirt. It, it's I'm t-shirt. sure you do, dude. I got a Bucky's T-shirt. I bought my wife a Bucky's T-shirt, and I also got um, a, I bought a Bucky lunchbox, dude. That's weird. Did you just see a thumbs up pop up I on saw the a screen? Thumbs up for a Bucky, dude. Yeah, I did. I did that. I don't know. I don't know how it's doing that. Like one day I did this, and some hearts popped up. That see, there they are, that. dude. That's look crazy. That. Look at that, dude. Yeah. So Let's yeah,
1: put a beaver up there. See if Bucky shows up, dude. I- right man my my
0: t-shirts in there otherwise i would uh dude bucky's is amazing for those of you have never gone please go see a bucky's it's man the food's great they got so much shit in there it's like
1: it's the brisket oh my gosh i can show you bucky's we got it in the freezer we buy the uh yeah it's true i got three or four of them in the freezer they're the, the uh chicken breasts jalapeno uh wrapped and frozen and you throw it it's two people it's just delicious palapino wrapped wrapped with cheese yeah
0: so do you like spicy food
1: i do like i do not spice
0: are we talking
1: not 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 really hot you know we do we don't do chinese that often so i'll do the szechuan and stuff like that but that's just pretty mild Ah, yeah Yeah, that's
0: that's not it's not
1: hot and doesn't like hot at all okay okay I like a good mm. uh chili riano though when I go out for Mexican food. Mm. Dude, who don't love Mexican?
0: I love Mexican food. It's yeah.
1: yeah, they stuff them with shredded chicken here.
0: Oh, it's, that sounds good.
1: Just, oh my god, it's so good.
0: Chili rianos do with some cheese dip. Yes, and a good margarita. Shoot, you got me yeah. in a Mexican boy. That's what I'm talking about. Actually, tonight it's for dinner, to I'm doing picture.
1: buy the pitcher, man. It's always worth it to buy the pitcher
0: of margarita? Margaritas, yeah. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah.
0: Um, I'm doing, um, I'm making some homemade fried pickles tonight. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm doing homemade fried pickles. Um, and I think I was going to do some flank steak, but my wife was like, eh, I don't want to do no, no, no flank steak. So I think we're just going to do a big salad and some fried pickles right tonight for dinner. Um,
1: mm-hmm. but yeah, perfect.
0: yeah, it's, it's a uh, good, so me and my buddy, uh, he lives down the street two weekends ago, or was it last weekend? Um, We cook. So our sons hang out. That's who's over here playing my son's best friend. They're like five houses down. So we get up usually two, two, three times a month and and cook. And uh, because we like to cook together and we always come up with like crazy ass recipes that our wives won't eat. Right. But but we'll do it just for us and then cook everybody else like hot dogs and burgers or whatever. Right. So. um Yeah, man, it's good stuff. Dude, Peter, dude, this has been so awesome. I really enjoyed our time right here on the podcast, hour and 45 minutes until I told you it was going to go by quick. And there's so much more to talk about, so we'll definitely do a part two. Um, Can't wait till we meet in real life with love in Jersey. I can't wait. We're going to have such a good time, and thank you. Got back-to-back
1: weekends up there, so there's no excuse. No, I'll be
0: there, dude. Trust me. I will be there. So, Peter, listen, why don't you tell everybody uh, before we end this podcast how they can get into sidecars, and is there anything that you would like to say to anybody before we leave?
1: Well, um, Arma is like the number one club that has sidecars, so that's why I'd recommend just coming out to an Arma race or reaching out to the the school that they have there and uh, go to the Website for Arma and keep your eyes open. Introduce yourself, you'll get a ride. I promise that there's a lot of people that would take you for rides. I'm actually uh bringing a kid out from San Francisco who's kind of new to the sport to race at Roebling Road. So I'll give him an eye opening ride this coming week, two weeks from now. It'll be fun. But uh I got a question for you. Okay, 49ers or Chiefs? Me? Yeah.
0: Oh, man. Uh- honestly I, I dude i'm an la raider fan
1: so you're not going to say the 49ers uh, no
0: dude <laughs> I, I, for the super bowl uh man honestly i'm gonna go with kansas city um because one of my buddies is a big kansas city chief fan you know i'm i don't I, my football is is soccer that's sure what I, uh but um yeah, I I I man, I I uh the Raiders have always been my team because Bo Jackson, where I grew up when Bo Jackson was baseball and football and the first really double superstar, right? Um mm-hmm. but yeah, uh the only time I watch football, American handball, I'll say, is is the Super Bowl. Um right. right? Uh my uh, one of my best I wouldn't,
1: I wouldn't watch it so much, but Ann loves it. So we end up watching every game.
0: And who who who's Ann's team?
1: The Chiefs.
0: The Chiefs. There you go. See, I made Ann's Day. Let's go. She's Kansas City. Yes, let's go. And I look, look, see, I told y'all I'm chairing them just for you. So yeah, it's uh, uh, but I was
1: born in San Francisco, so there you go. You know that's you. where it is.
0: But but you know what though, man? Uh be honest with you, dude. Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, right, dude, Roger Lott, all them back in the day, dad had a squad. So yes, I watched football. Back in the day, because obviously speed vision re- wasn't really a thing, right? So it wasn't mm-hmm. really televised, and, you know, motors. Otherwise, I'd, yeah, I'd be watching them way back then. But, um, yeah, of course, football was the thing. And, and soccer, right? I, a lot of my friends give me a hard time about soccer. Like, all oh, soccer sucks. I'm like, dude, soccer's a badass sport. Get out, of uh, my face.
1: It is an amazing game. Yep.
0: Absolutely, it is. This is my Neymar Jr., because I, I, dude, Messi, Messi's my favorite. I like Neymar. Uh, mbappe yeah I'm, I'm he a, I'm lives sure. right
1: down there Messi. who does does he really yeah,
0: yeah. he's an enter Miami. Inter- yeah enter miami's my favorite uh msl team
1: and they practice right over there dude in fort lauderdale i don't know which way their fingers are going but yeah he lives there and he practices there
0: ah <laughs> right, dude listen uh i'm jealous again Matter of fact, listen, it's a dream of mine to come down there and go see an Inter-Miami game, so maybe uh, we can get together and and go watch one one time. Absolutely. Let me know. I will. It'd be awesome because my son's into soccer too, so it'd be me, him, and my wife, and, uh, yeah, we'll have a good time. Dustin says – love you Peter and, and what's up Miguel miss you too. And I will get in touch with you, bud. Great podcast. Thank you so much, uh, Dustin. It, it means a lot. Yes. Yeah, so before I get off here, obviously th- there's a couple things I want to say. Anybody out there that wants to support us here on the podcast, you can go buy all our merch at the that you can buy t-shirts, hats, beanies, jackets, body warmers, all that good stuff. Uh, be greatly appreciated to, to help us out for sure. Um, again, listen, I don't never tell anybody to go hit the like and the subscribe bell and all that. I just want to do it all naturally and, and just let it be the way it is. But what I do want to say, and I say it all the time, is how much I appreciate every single one of you guys giving me all the support and all the love that that you guys do. It really means a lot to me. I get messages all the time telling me, you know, just how great the podcast is and how much they enjoy it. And again, I never thought in a million years I'd actually be doing this. So to be able in in this situation, to be able to do it and, and um, having all my mega people behind me, it's just, it's simply amazing. And every single one of you guys watching and as listening, and that's going to be listening in the future. All you guys are, are super mega and amazing. And you guys uh, make it. You are the ones that are super mega, not me. I'm just I'm just here trying to do my thing. So uh thank you guys so much. I, I really appreciate it. And uh Peter again. Yeah, woo- thanks, thanks for having me on. on.
1: This is great.
0: Yeah, I can't wait to do part two. So uh your first podcast, it was good, right?
1: First podcast, yep. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, let's
0: go. So listen, everybody, thank you again for uh watching. And uh yeah, this this episode will be out on Spotify, I Heart radio. All that good stuff. If you get get a chance to watch it now live, as soon as this video ends, you go right back to uh, YouTube and watch it or Facebook. And again, it'll be out on all social media, all listening platforms, but Apple. I need somebody out there to help me uh, figure out my uh, my get getting my image into my RSS feed, and then I will be on Apple. But anyway, enough of that. Uh, I will see you guys next week because we got many more podcasts coming up. And thanks you guys again. I hope everybody enjoys their Sunday. In the gas. In the gas, baby. You